everybody, it's John Gist here. And I'm Dee Dee Brown. Welcome to episode three of Black on the Scene, a podcast about our love for all things Black entertainment. As two entertainment industry executives, John and I have come together to honor the many accomplishments within Black entertainment that celebrate us, the culture. And we're so excited for you to take this journey with us and learn why Black on the Scene is our love letter to Black entertainment. On today's episode, we are discussing some of our favorite upcoming Blackity Black, Black releases hitting theaters and streamers this summer. Woo! It's going to be a great summer to be watching films back in theaters and maybe a couple from the comfort of my couch. We hope you like our selections. So let's get into Black on the Scene, the summer movies and TV episode. Let's hit it. Hey, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Saturday, Dee Dee Brown. How are you? I'm very well now that I am seeing you and we are black. On the scene. Hey, so excited. <laughs> So excited, so excited to talk about today's episode. Um, you know, I, you know, it's so crazy that it's June right now, right? Like it's like summertime, this, you know, it's blazing outside, you know, people are, are vaccinated, we're out and we're back kind of feeling a little normal now, which is so, so crazy thinking about like the last year. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about like what's, what's coming up and what's coming out. Well, I tell you what, movies are back. Movies are back. Movies are back in theaters. In theaters. Exactly. In Let's theater. get it right. Yes. We are back in theatrical, which is so exciting. Because I, you know, I love, you know, I, you know, I we talk about this all the time, Didi. Like just the idea of watching a movie in a theater. And like as as some would say as simple as that is, but it's such an experience, right? Like we've we've seen a lot of movies together in theaters or at premieres or special screenings or whatever, but it's like, it's such a sense of community. It's nothing like some good old uh, theater popcorn and a nice cushy seat and just sit back and, and hearing something and watching something with these speakers and these big the uh, big screens. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's a whole vibe. I love it. I, and I actually have missed it. Like I haven't done it in such a long time. It's a vibe. It's a community. There's nothing like seeing a movie just surrounded by energy, excitement. Especially, especially a Black movie, because you're going to hear all the chatter and all the chit chat and the, oh, Lord, you know, everything that you hear from our people. Um, you know, that's something that you just can't, you cannot manufacture that. You cannot just say, I'm, I want to flip the switch on for that, because it's such a, it's such an experience. I tell you what, we have a way of narrating we the do. movie. We <laughs> start to finish, from opening credits to end credits. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. It is funny, it, it is true, and you're going to get the appreciation from Black folks. Mm -hmm. Black folks are going to let you know what's what. Exactly. <laughs> good and the bad, all of Good them. <laughs> and the bad. Forget yeah. like Black Twitter and being on social. What's happening in that movie theater? It, being, there, being in a room in, <laughs> in real time. Oh yeah, it is. It is a thing. It is a a thing. Thing, a thing. So before we get started, let's talk about what we're drinking. Okay. What are you having this I, morning? You know, I, you know I'm, a, I'm a tequila lover. 
Um, so I actually have Dwayne Johnson's tequila, which I really, really love. Um, and I just put some, I made a little bit of fresh puree, peach puree. And then I had some um, strawberry lemonade in here. So it's like a very refreshing, light cocktail that, that is so yummy. So it's going to be, it's going to be empty by the time we're, um, we're done with this. P.S. For sure. So, so what would we call that? The John Teeny? The black on the scene teeny? John, John Arita. The, all right, John Arita. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? So I have a, you know, I love a bubbly. Um, I've got a, a little, it's a little Prosecco. You know, I don't like a lot of juice, unlike you. So I've got a little splash of fresh that's where we, juice. That's where we differ. We go our separate ways on the alcohol. I like my alcohol very forward in my drink. Very and I like it. Yeah, I like a little comeback. I like it to sneak up on you. <laughs> um, and a little bit of St. Germain to give it a tiny bit of, you know, a little, little something special. And um, an orange wedge. It's cute. I love it. It's, it fits you. Cheers. Cheers. It's, it's a little, it's a little sparkly, but tart and a little surprising like me. <laughs> Sparkling, tart and surprising like me. Okay. I gave it that. I wouldn't call you tart though. You're not really, not really, you're not a tardy girl. You're a party girl. You're not a tardy girl. <laughs> we're, not at, we're not at that episode yet. Right. <laughs> Let's, start, right. let's talk, let's talk, Didi. let's talk about um, the summer, you know, you know, it's, 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 we, we're in, a, we're just started June and we're in the thick of it. And, you know, and, and like you said, theatrical is coming back. We have a really good wealth of a variety of films uh, specifically coming out, you know, from various genres uh, that I think, you know, people will really resonate with. So how do you want to kick it out? Let's see. What do we want to, what, what do we want to talk about first? Should we talk about theatrical, theatrical? We're, we're, we're hitting summer movies. So there are movies that are already out that we won't talk about, but um, it's all about summer, summer fun, the variety, you know, it's gonna be so hot. Uh, it's already hot in, 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 in New York and this would be a great day to hit up a movie. Um, one that I'm looking forward to in particular is Zola. Zola, Zola, yes. Zola from A24, June 30th. Yes, yes. I was not familiar with the story because- Wait, you weren't? I was, no, because I was not on, I, I was probably on Twitter, but like Twitter confuses me. I'm not, I, I'm just like, oh my God, it's just so much. So when that was happening in real time, I oh, knew yeah. nothing about it. I heard, I, I remember, I remember I was in a group chat and actually with our, with our friend of a show, uh, Lauren Nikki Cameron, and she sent it to me and she was like, have y'all gotten into this? And I was like, no, she's like, it's so juicy. And it's like, you just, and I really remember reading the thread and I was like, this is a movie. <laughs> some, at some point in time, this will be a movie because it was so, the way that she wrote it, you just were like, literally, it, it was like each tweet was a painted picture and you could visually just see it all. So for it to now be an actual film, uh, what, four or five years later, however many years it's been, it's so crazy to me. Tell the people what it's about. I mean, it's it's a, <laughs> Zola, is, <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy to even talk about, but it's, you know, this, it started on a, as a, as a, as a, as a Twitter conversation about just um, Zola's experience with this other character and just the, all the, 
shenanigans that occurred, pimps and, and stripping and uh, murder and just like all these different things that just came that just came. And it was, I believe it was like over a few nights of an experience. And now uh, fast forward to, 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 to June, the film is gonna be coming out. And, you know, I thought the trailer was captivating and beautiful, black female director. Um, it was just like, it just, it's it like, it's just such a, uh, it's such an interesting thing because like, again, it's like the, the power of social media, right? Like how she just is, I'm recapping this experience from my life. And next thing you know, it's a, it goes viral. Like it legit went viral and people were talking about this story and just like what, what, what transpired because it was so kind of, crazy and out of this world you're like this is all really really happening and it's all been like confirmed to actually have happened and everything so now it's a film and now people can really see it on the big screen and see like everything that transpired as Zola was talking about so Zola um let's just read the synopsis because I love the synopsis mm -hmm. thus begin the odyssey of one Asia I believe that is correct Asia King aka Zola from acclaimed writer director uh, Zanika, hold on, Janzika Bravo, Zola's Stranger Than Fiction saga, which she first told in a now epic, iconic series of viral, uproarious tweets, comes to dazzling cinematic life. Taylor Page plays Zola, a Detroit waitress strikes up a new friendship with a customer, Stephanie Riley Coe. Um, oh my God, did I pronounce her name wrong? I love her. I think she's such a great uh, actress. Uh, Elvis's granddaughter, um, who seduces her way to, to join a weekend of dancing and partying in Florida. What at first seems like a glamorous trip full of hoism rapidly transforms into a 48-hour journey involving a nameless pimp, an idiot boyfriend, some Tampa gangsters, and other unexpected adventure in this wild see-it-to-believe-it tale. Holy smokes. When that trailer dropped, I was like, I can't wait. Remember when it was playing at Sundance and we couldn't get in to we see it last into the, year? It was, yeah, it was playing at Sundance last year in June 2020. Before the world January shut down. 2020, before we shut down. But you all remember also every time we saw some press and like our friends, like I remember uh, Kelly Carter and Aramide, like they both were like, um, they were like, oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. So it was like, that was like already a hype, very well talked about project last year. So now again, A24 is acquired it and they're releasing it uh, later in June. So Definitely on my one of my top films. I'm definitely going to be going to see like a hundred hundred percent. I wish we could I see can... it together, Didi, because I feel like that's one of those yes! moments we would want to really see it together. Because we could be like, oh my god, ah! like you know, like just talking back to the screen and everything. Love, 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 and I do love um, Taylor Page. I think she's a young, bright talent. Yeah. I can't. I'm, I've enjoyed watching things that she's been in mm -hmm. um, over the years, and certainly she was obviously in Ma Rainey's Bottom um, as a, a very coquettish. Yeah, a very good moment. Yes, totally. yes, can't wait. Um, well, maybe a little bit more for families. <laughs> that you could take the whole family to see is a blast from more, I think, I feels like my past is- It's uh, my past too. It is my oh, past too, 100%. I love it. 
because Space Jam, a new legacy from Warner Brothers, um, July 16th. And, you know, the thing that Warner Brothers is doing right now is they're doing day and date. So you can watch it in theaters or you also can watch it on HBO Max. So um, I'm excited about this one because, again, it is a piece of my childhood. The first one came out in 95, I would probably, if I had to guess, if I'm a betting man, I would say 95, maybe 96 give or take one or two years. Um, but I I remember watching that movie because, and I remember actually taking, my dad taking me and my brother to go see it. And I was like, and mind you, I'm not a basketball fan whatsoever, but you, everyone knew who Michael Jordan was. Obviously he was, he was the GOAT and he is the GOAT. And um, just merging that world with the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck world of, in basketball. It was just, it was just a fun movie. It was such a, such a fun movie. And again, I have such vivid memories from childhood. So now seeing it, you know, in, in 2021, and now it's like LeBron, the new GOAT of this generation, uh, leading the pack, directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who we love from Girlship and Night School. In the best man series like it's just like i'm excited i'm i'm so excited to see this one um and see what what lebron does with it this movie is going to be so fun i mean we're talking 1996 you were correct um i may have been a i grown was in, person i was in sixth grade i may or may not have been a grown person in 1996 <laughs> um, but it starred a a grown grown person um, I mean, it starred Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bowles, Patrick Ewing. So it not only had, it had some of the greatest basketball players of our time in, in, in general. So it's back, as you said, with LeBron James, uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Chris Davis, who's a basketball, uh, baseball player from the Texas Rangers, Sonequa Martin-Green, who's also just a bright, you know, star in, in film and TV. I mean, she's doing her thing on The Walking Dead, uh, Star Trek series. She's just great. And she's she's been in so many things that you don't even realize that she's been in. Um, and it's produced by who? Ryan Coogler. LeBron, LeBron James. And Maverick Carver. And Maverick Carver. So yeah, this is, this is through his um, Spring Hill Entertainment, his production company. So it, it, it has all of the right ingredients. So like, I think the nostalgia of it all, the fact that it still feels new and fresh and updated. Like, I just think it has that where you're gonna have people with kids, people who saw the original, people who are semi-adults when the original came out, people who are children. Like, you're gonna get all of that with this film. So I'm, ex I'm excited for it. So that's, And the father-son relationship. We're father talking about, you know, we're talking about Black excellence here. Yeah. We're talking about Black excellence on and off the screen. Representation, like the yes. Representation and the, the, the whole father-son relationship. And of course, LeBron's son, Bronny, is, you know, following in his father's footstep mm -hmm. and is, a, is, a, is, is, is doing his thing as well and making his own mark in the, on, on, the, uh, uh, on the sports world. So I just can, I, LeBron can do it all. He really can. I have so much like love and reverence for him as I think most people do because he really has just taken the world by storm, not just, but just doubling down on all of his creativity and his business acumen. I mean, if you think about um, Magic Johnson was like this, I was and is this iconic basketball player, but also businessman. Yeah. I think- you know, he definitely has, has, um, he's coached. He has also, um, 
done, um, you know, been an analyst and on on camera uh, a reporter for the for the NBA. And LeBron has just it's like he's just this multifaceted, multi-talented guy. And it's just always so great to see how much he brings so much of his personality, um, his history, his talent. He's just, he's just an awesome guy. And and, and I think, you know, what another thing I respect about him too, is that he's so, um, he's so intentional about like what's after basketball. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he knows that he can't play this forever. And he's like, I want to line up, like you said, different businesses, different areas where I can, I can still have an impact on the community. And like, for me, I love, I love the shop, his show on HBO. And it, it recently came back for a new season. And it's just like, it, again, you take barbershop talk and then you make it a show. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, cause that's such a thing in the culture with, with, with people and, and their barbershops and their salons. And it's such a, it's such a invigorating show where they're talking with, with various people, with various backgrounds and, just again, like trying to make an impact. So I think that's a really good way, a, a good entry point. This film, the shop, and everything that he's doing with his different ventures. Of really and his philanthropy. Life. Let's talk yeah, about the school. His, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. He, yes. Yeah. He the, the ripple effect of of his passion and and his love for the culture, his love for us, um, has is reverberating, and it, it's just going to have the impact for generations to come. And so we celebrate him for that. And, and Space Jam is definitely something I plan on seeing. It's out July 16th in theaters and on HBO Max. Yeah. And let me tell you, you already know the one film I've been chomping at the bits about is Respect. Is Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. <laughs> but I don't think I knew you could actually sing. I can't carry a tune. Does that sound like good? That. I didn't hear that back. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So everyone, Aretha Franklin is like, people always be like, you are such an old soul because you love, I love old older music. I grew up on it. My dad played it all the time in the house. And so I know this woman's discography, like there's no one's business. So like, I am a huge fan of Aretha Franklin. Like, I hate that I never got a chance to see her live. Um, and I had, a, I had an opportunity in LA and I, and I missed it. And when she was at the bowl and I was like, darn it, I was working and I wasn't able to see it. And she's just a, she is a entity that voices like no other. I mean, she is a, a godsend. Like, I love her. So I'm excited for this. Like, I think that, I can't think of anyone else playing this woman except Jennifer Hudson. I think this is like, we talk about casting. Like, this is like perfect casting. And I know Aretha had a very, very heavy hand in picking Jennifer for this and, and really trying to like navigate and culture before she passed away. And so I, I think it's I think it's gonna be spectacular. I think, I, 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 I'm excited. Like, this is it. This may be Jennifer's second Oscar. Like this is a whole, it's gonna be a moment. It's gonna be a whole moment. Come on second Oscar. Listen, you said it all. I'm talking, I got goosebumps with you just talking about Aretha and certainly Jennifer, who is just mind blowing. Like you think back to dream girls, you think back to, forget that, you think back to American Idol. Yeah. And I remember watching her and by yeah. the way, she's. 
what is she in her mid to late 30s at this yeah, point? Yeah, I think she's we're around the same like, Yeah. Yes, she's still so young. Mm-hmm. Um and Aretha, first of all, let's 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 get on this cast for a second. We got yeah. Jennifer Hudson. We already know. Done. Living legend already. Yes. Yeah. Titus Burgess, who Titus. can sing like nobody's business. He is, I loved him on the Kimmy Smith show. He cracked me up. If y'all have not seen his Pinot Noir. Uh, little uh, clips, please Google that. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, Marlon Wayans, who I would like to know what he's drinking, eating, smoking, whatever, because he still looks the same. And you, and, know, I think- and, and you know, Marlon's getting a lot of great, he's got a lot of great uh, recognition for this role because it's, it's different for him. It's not comedic. It's, it's, it's very serious, very dramatic. And he plays um, her husband um, and you know, he might, there may be some award buzz around his character as well. Is he paying uh, Glenn Thurman? Is he? No, I he think he's, no, no, he's not. No, he's, no, she was married, she was married to somebody else. She was, she's not playing, he's not playing Glenn Thurman. I forgot they were, were they married or were they just dating? They were married. They were married? Okay, I couldn't remember they were married. Yes! Okay. Yes. <laughs> I also, he's also one of the OG Black actors that, has been around. He's so playing long. the abusive husband, whoever that is, because <laughs> I don't have the name. <laughs> um, and of course, we've got Queen Mary. Queen Mary. You know what, Mary, Mary J. Blige. Let me talk. Let's just, let's just, let's just pivot for one second. We're gonna, we, we can gonna do our, a whole show on her. We can do a whole show on her because that's another that's another queen that I just love so much. Queen. But, queen. Um, I just I just think back again, like my life share my world, no more drama, like just, you know, just <laughs> countless, countless albums that she's had, but now she's having this really, really great acting career, which is, it's just so, you know, she is so, in, it's, it's, it's so like amazing. Like, it's like at one point she was doing little small roles here and there, but now she's like, I'm like, I'm an actor. She's been nominated for an Oscar twice. So it's, it's like, you know, like it is a, it is a thing. It is a real thing. So I want to give, I want to give my flowers and respect to her as a, as a musician, as a writer. As, as a voice, but also as an actress, get it, Mary. Also, get shout out to her because her little Kim and Besties, and I, you know, I got a ride from a girl. But yes, so love us and Mary Watch. Love, love, love. She, I mean, let's talk about icons. Who's going to play Mary? Who's going to play Mary J. Blige? That's a whole, that, that, again, that could be another show. Who Listen, we could play we can, Mary? We can, 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 anyone, can anyone dare? I don't know. Yeah, there's somebody. Hands down, her out, her favorite out, my favorite album of hers is What's the 411? The first, the original. Oh, yeah. The, that was, I may or may not, again, have been a grown person when that album came out. I was young uh, when that album came out. I, that was like 92, maybe. <laughs> I, was in, I, was deep in, I was deep in elementary school. So I remember like, John. I needed to wait till I was in middle school at least to hear like, my life, because you know that was a real. Oh God, I love my life. Yes, um, and then our Broadway queens, but not just Broadway. They are small and big screen and stage. Audra McDonald, Heather Head Headley. I mean, this again, goosebumps on my legs just thinking about this cast and Forrest Whitaker. 
It's written by Tracy Scott Wilson, a black playwright. It's co-produced by Harvey Mason Jr., who we all know is an iconic um, music producer, writer, and, he's also writer, and he's also the interim president of the Recording Academy. I mean, this, I mean, this again. Is a, this is a good one. August 13th, like this is, you know, obviously COVID pushes back. Um, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of great, amazing conversation with this film. Like, I think people are going to connect with it and resonate with it. I think it's also going to be a part of the awards conversation as well. And I think it's just going to be good to kind of just see and hear her music again. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I miss her. I miss Aretha. I, ah, God, ain't no way. Bridge over troubled water, like obviously respect. Like there's this, it just goes on and on with me. On and on. She's rock steady, rock steady, baby. Listen, That's I can. What it is, yo. <laughs> Come on, harmony. <laughs> there's no harmony with me here. I can't sing a lick. <laughs> I wish. Um, and then, sort of closing out the summer. You need to close out the summer with a little horror a little and a little throwback. A little horror, a little more nostalgia, yeah. Candyman. Candy Man. Candy don't say it five times. Candyman. No, don't do that. <laughs> do <laughs> Candyman. It is, you know, directed by this amazing, amazing talent, Nia DaCosta, uh, who directed Little Woods and also is directing the upcoming Marvel. Cinematic Universe to Marvels, the sequel to Captain Marvel, um, produced by the amazing Jordan Peele and Monkey Pop Productions, Ian Cooper and Wynn Rosenfeld, and then written by Jordan as well and Wynn Rosenfeld and Nia DaCosta. And I, you know, I, I, I remember watching the first Candyman and I remember being like disgustingly frightened by it, uh, by Tony Todd and just everything that it represented. Like it just was, it just gave me so many chills and like, ah! And like also remembering in school, cause I was young when it came out too, like the people dare you to say it in the bathroom with the lights off and everything else. And no one ever got to that fifth one. Cause they were just like, oh no, he's definitely coming. Um, so I'm excited about it. Like it is, it is going to be, again, a great way to wrap up the summer with a little bit of fear and, and, and scariness. Let's talk about this cast. This, this, this Black beautiful cast. Yes, yes. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. I'm clutching my pearls already because speaking of just a force in the acting world right now, from Watchmen to, oh my gosh, he is. He was in the. Um, he was in the um, Chicago Seven. The Chicago Seven, mm -hmm. and really wish he had. Uh, you know that role had been bigger um, for him. And he is just. I mean, every time he comes on screen, he lights it up. He it's not it, just because yeah. he's a beautiful, beautiful black man. Yeah. But he lights it up. He is a super talented, talented guy. And I will just say this, one of my favorite things or interviews I've seen him in is with Danielle Young, where they paint the Candyman, they do mm -hmm. a little painting session. Mm -hmm. Talk about charming and sexy. And I'm talking about Danielle Young, by the way. <laughs> no Danielle, Danielle's always fantastic. We love Danielle Young. Yes, yeah. It was so good. It was so good. And you know, Yaya's is so like, 
he's such a he's such a smart intentional human being and he's so like he's so like this his words are so captivating he's just a really you can tell like he's an actor's actor like he's very very passionate about that and you just you just get dot you just get like sucked in did you ever see the episode of um a black mirror when him and uh anthony mackie the striking vipers episode have you not seen this you're looking like like up Okay, first of all, after you're done, you're watching that episode and we're talking about it. It's, it's on Netflix. It's so good. It's so good, Didi. It's Anthony Mackie and Yaya. And it's, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. If, so if anyone hasn't seen it yet, they need to definitely see it because it's such a conversation. Uh, but Nicole Bahari is also, um, she's also in there in that episode as well. And Black, and it's not like you have to watch Black Mirror over and over again. It's like every episode is a different story. So you literally can just watch Striking Vipers episode of Black Mirror and it is a game changer. It is so good. So like, he's just such a, again, you just you just get pulled in everything. So he has Candyman coming up and he's in a new Matrix movie and he's also reprising his role from Aquaman and then the sequel. So there's a lot of great things. You're going to see a lot of him um, very, very soon. I hope so. Put him in all the movies. Um, and then uh, um, Vanessa Williams is also in the movie. Mm -hmm. Tiona uh, Parrish, who, I mean, speaking of just doing her thing, having the, not even the moment, because she's been at this for she's so long. For and so she is, but, and she, but she's young and, and she's just doing it. And it's always so great. No shade on my light skin sisters, um, but it's always great to see a beautiful brown, dark skin woman, uh, black woman, leading leading movies and and casting these very diverse roles. Like yeah. she's just, I just and her hair, you know, I'm a natural hair aficionado, and hers is just a. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. And, and she's great. She's course, fantastic. She's just she's yeah. just she's a force, and I, and I loved her and. You know, most recent, most recently, she was in the photograph um, directed by Stella McGee, and also um, she was in uh, WandaVision on Disney Plus recently, mm -hmm. too, which was great. And it's and she's reprising that same character, Monica Rambo, in the Marvel. So she's reuniting with Nia DaCosta again. So it's just so exciting to see her again. Like they all are working and they are doing the thing, and I just I I love it. I I can't wait. And of course, our just the most elegant, dapper man, Coleman, Coleman Domingo. Coleman. Not only is he in Candyman, he is also in, in Zola. In Zola. In Zola, yeah. And we both love him so much yeah. from If Bill Street Could Talk. Oh gosh. That's another episode. <laughs> Let's talk That's about a, If Bill Street Could Talk. <laughs> like it's such a I oh. mean, Gosh, Barry Jenkins. God bless you. Well, speaking of Barry Jenkins, that is a perfect segue into what Mr. Jenkins is doing, quote unquote, for the small screen, right? Yeah. Underground Railroad. Woo, I have to, yes, I have to get my mind right for that. So small screen, we have so much to look forward to on the quote unquote small screen this summer. Um, the Underground Railroad is actually already out. Um, I have not watched it yet. I am saving it. Um, I'm excited to see it. I've just been hearing amazing things about it. I do have to be in the right headspace to, <laughs> to see this, but I'm excited for it. Um, Thuso Mebidu 
is getting rave reviews um, playing Cora. She is another like young black queen, um, just a force to be reckoned with. And it is going to, it's already buzzing, buzzing around. Yeah. It's, it's buzzing not only around the industry and the community. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's buzzing. You know, critics love it. It's a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is amazing. Uh, written, directed, um, and, and produced by, by Barry Jenkins, Oscar winner, who we all love from Moonlight and, and the Phil Street could talk. And again, I, I love that, you know, like I love the, um, I've been, I've been watching and listening to a lot of interviews that they've been talking about. And I haven't watched it either because I want to like, really like just take it all in and really just you know just open myself up to just like everything that's going to come to me but I know a lot of emotions will be coming to me about it so I want to really truly make sure I'm in the right mind space but he was he was so you know everyone always says that Barry Jenkins knows how to he knows how to film black black people he knows how to film black skin everything looks like a piece of art like every frame every scene and, and I, I've seen that already just in the trailers and the images and things that I've seen and everything I've read about it, it all says that. So I'm really, 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 really looking forward to, to seeing this and probably crying and probably being emotional and going through a whole bunch of experience. But I'm also a history buff and I, I also just love seeing different variations and different stories of that and and one thing to note too this this underground railroad is actually based off of a novel of the same name by colson whitehead so you know there's there's an opportunity to, to watch it and also the opportunity to read the read the book as well 100 percent. well listen i maybe it's just because we're coming off this really insane year but i my feelings and emotions watching High on the Hog, the Netflix, um, it's only four episode series that just came out about African-American food and our contributions to uh, the culinary world in general, but it's done in a way that gives so much context about about how we why and how we eat as americans yeah. um not just black americans um a lot of it of course uh happens in the south um they don't quite make their way to alabama but it's really interesting to see the the history behind why we eat what we eat in certain places um it's so it just i literally i think i Right through every episode, wow. but I also was so joyous about it. It made me really think about how it made me really think about uh, my family's connection to food and why we eat what we eat. And yeah, things that, yeah, things that my 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 dad, who's from Africatown um, in Mobile, Alabama, um, you know, things that he exposed me to and why and how and and just growing up in the South and, 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 you know, growing a lot of your food and, and gardening and all of that and why it's just, it is one of the best things I've seen. I can't, I hope they expand on the series. Um, it's based on a book um, by, oh my God, what is her name? I just lost it, but um, it's hosted by Steven Soderfeld, who is um a food writer historian um i think he's from the atl mm. um 
and he really does his thing as a host because he's also a trained chef. He has so much reverence for the, the culture and food. And so he doesn't just write about it. He cooks it, he lives it. He's grown up immersed in it. So it's just really a beautiful show. And I hope everybody watches that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's on my list too. You know, I guess that's also the beautiful thing too. There's so much content to watch right now. And you kind of have to just divide and conquer everything. So I definitely, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Shout out to Netflix for, for producing it and putting it up there. Cause I think it's such an important um, conversation to have. One of my favorites who, that recently came on too, um, that's on stars is uh, Run the World, which is probably one of my favorite shows of the summer right now. Um, it, it debuted uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago on the 16th of May. And it is such a, um, it's such a fun, show about Black women just being successful, being smart, being sexy in New York. Um, Amber Stevens West is in it, and Andrea Bordeaux. My girl, Brisha Webb, a dear friend. Corbin Reed is, it's just, it's, it's such a refreshing show. And I'm not gonna compare it to anything else because you easily could try to do that because I think it stands on its own. And I, I love it. It's comedic. It's, it's, it has so much heart. It has so much laughter. And again, it's a, a talk about representation and you talk about just four Black women just existing and, and just going through their day. And, you know, some days it's a good day, some days it's a bad day. But, you know, it's not like it's tropey. It's not anything like that. It's such a, it's refreshing. It's so freaking refreshing, Didi. It's called Run the World. Uh, and I love it. it, it and the, first of all, also the fashion. The fashions are amazing. Like they are on point. Like they just, Patricia Fields is Patricia, a always is a costume. She's always she brings always. it. And it's every, the colors, the vibrancy, the patterns, on. the heels. Like I'm just like, oh god, if I had the energy to just dress up like this every single day, I would totally be there. But I don't. John, uh, <laughs> I cannot wait. Those probably those four women were me back in the like early two thousands. Um, just. And the only reason I haven't watched it yet is because you know me, I like to binge. You like to binge. I start and I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be done and I want to see it all at one time. Yeah. And so I'm just waiting like two more weeks so I can get a good four or five episodes under my belt and not be like, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's episode four. So you need to start it tomorrow. I feel like that's enough for you to like be okay or start it this week enough to be okay because it is it is really good it's 30 minutes it's such it's again it's so Brisha is so funny in it and it, it's she's also, amazing there's amazing. nothing she cannot do. I know she's your friend there's nothing she cannot do it makes me so happy to see her pop up in places and and you're just like wait this girl is out here working yeah working she's, <laughs> she's working and she's doing it so well and I love it and and, and again too like it's so the relatability of the stories are so like, cause you know, some are married, some are just dating, like there's so much there. And there's also a lot of great black men supporting characters as well. So it's, it's a fun show. It's a fun show. It's a, it's a great show. I, and I definitely encourage everyone to take a, take a journey to watching Run the World on, on Sundays on Stars. Great. Well, we've got a couple more shows this summer um, that we're psyched about. Um, it looks like, our girl Issa will be back. Our girl Issa will this, be back. And you know, she I, just recently said that she, they're almost done wrapping up the season. And she was a little emotional about it. Like this has been a part of her life for so long, obviously. But Insecure is, it's, it's debuting its, its last and final season 
this summer. Um, and I know me personally, I am I'm always tuning in every single uh, Sunday to watch it and to see what happens with her and, and, and her friends and her characters. I am an avid, avid lover of that show and um, you are an insecure stan i am an insecure stan and i'm also team lawrence 100 percent. and i cannot wait to see what happens with them because i know how it is your ex is not really your ex for a minute and i just i am excited about that and i want to see where this goes if you remember the last season there's a baby there's a baby potentially brewing somewhere um in his life so like i want to see how that affects their new rekindled relationship I, I, oh God, I'm going to start crying because I love Insecure. I just think it's such a, it's such a moment of just like, again, of like reflection because I think there's so much relatability in those char characters between like Ethan Molly's character of just um, their friendship of like kind of the ups and downs of their friendship and just how that, how that trans, you know, goes through. Like sometimes you just, you grow out of people sometimes. So I really feel like they take these really pivotal life moments and make them relatable, yet also comedic, but also emotional and all these other, like they just bring all the, the feels there. And I personally can't wait to see, see what happens on this final season. It does. I mean, you get to see them fail and triumph yeah. and struggle. And I, I mean, listen, it, it, it's, they're definitely many, many years younger than me, but I really relate to a lot of their struggles. Um, probably around the same time in 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 my life, and it 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 has it, it shines a light on young black professionals. Yeah, and certainly in so I guess that's millennials. Um, they're in the millennial age range, and I do know younger uh, non black folks that watch it, and they're really just captivated yeah. by because you know. You know the saying, the more niche someone is, the something is, the more universal it is, right? So it really those themes of of friendship and 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 finding yourself and struggle and finding your voice and overcoming, you know, your own self-sabotage and all of those things, just like trying to figure your way out in the way forward in the world. Um, it's just I, I the the writing is so thoughtful. Um yes. I love that they've gotten the black female directors and writers and and we won't, I mean, you already know how I feel about the fashions. Shout out to Shiona. Right, shout um, out to Shiona. And I mean, shout out to like, you know, Issa's a producer, Princess Penny's a producer, my girl, Melina Matsukas, my girl, Melina Matsukas, my girl, Melina Matsukas is, 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 is um, a producer as well. And also directed, I remember she directed a few of the early episodes of, this, of when it first came out. And so it's just, you know, it's, it's set in California. It, it 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 owns its blackness. It's just it's such a it's, it's such blackity a, black black it's blackity black black in all the right ways and best ways. And you know, Issa, Yvonne, um, Jay Ellis, you know, Natasha Rockwell, who I love, Amanda Seals, like they it's just it's just great. It's it, it's shout out to them. Congratulations on your your fifth and final season. And I can't not wait to watch it. Shout out. And then we've got Atlanta coming back this summer. Um, shout out to the ATL and Donald Glover and Keith. It, <laughs> yes, I while. tell you what, I know that that show has done things. Maybe we have Atlanta to blame for all the folks moving to Atlanta right now, yeah. um, driving up the housing prices, but shout out to Donald Glover 
and the whole cast, like um, it, it's just, you know, I'm not gonna say we're having a moment, but the more shows, the more movies, the more visible representation that we have of a multiple multitude of experiences of the black experience. Yeah. Um, and that's a very broad experience, the better. The more people have a window into, again, those things that are very niche and specific to our culture, but that are universal and tie us all together. Yeah. yeah. So cheers to a hot blackity black black. <laughs> hot, hot, not a hot girl summer, but a hot blackity black summer. <laughs> blackity black. Cheers to cheers. All, all of the creators, the marketers, the cast, the crew, everyone working everyone. to push these, push these stories forward, these narratives forward. Y'all support, get yourselves to the theater. Y'all watch, bring your friends to watch, celebrate our culture, continue to lift us up. And we will see you black on the scene on the very, scene. very soon. Very, Cheers, John John. Cheers, CD. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode three of Black on the Scene, our love letter to Black entertainment. Wow, this was a fun episode, and we hope you find the time, no, make the time to check out all of the amazing blackity black, black, black content that we mentioned. And please check back each week as we continue releasing new episodes of Black on the Scene. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a rating, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black on the Scene. B-O-K on the S-C-E-N-E. See you next time.